The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Hey friends, welcome to the program. My name is Matt Popovitz and with me today is Mary Van Geffen. Mary is an international parenting coach for overwhelmed moms of strong, strong-willed and spicy children. And she helps parents gain the confidence and the skills to choose gentle and respectful parenting, especially if they weren't raised that way. Mary, welcome to the program. It's great to have you with us. Good to be here. So, so Mary, for those who aren't familiar with the work that you do, uh, explain to us, what is a parenting coach and, and why might people need one? Well, the same way you need a coach for when you're learning a new skill like sales presentations or how to kick a soccer ball in the right place in the goal, you sometimes need people to come up alongside you and hold a space where you can really focus on something. And so parenting coaches. Just somebody who, for me at least, I'm a cross between a certified life coach and a certified simplicity parenting counselor, and we just get on the phone and you share a specific thing that's stealing your peace, and we workshop it. And a lot of it is me pulling out your wisdom because I don't want you to be a parent like me. I don't have the exact same kids you have or the background. So it's a highly kind of personal interchange um, where somebody can finally sit down and be strategic because we spend so much time thinking about our mission for our companies and our ministries. But what about your mission for your family? And we also, what I find is a lot of moms um, are used to getting feedback in the corporate world. We know if we're doing a good job, we've got milestones. We don't really have those in parenting. So having somebody ahead of you on the game who can speak life into you and give you some specific parenting skills and communication tips, is, is just really life-giving. You, you mentioned drawing wisdom out of the parent. Do, do you feel like, like most parents are actually I- equipped with the wisdom to do this the right way? It's just a matter of kind of discovering some of that? Yes, and a lot of us, which is kind of our topic today, are parenting without a map. We're trying to be a positive, respectful, sort of gentle parent, and we didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. So we can't really manufacture behaviors out of nowhere if we haven't seen them happen. But we do have like longings and things that God puts on our heart. So I love asking the question, okay, it's, you know, especially with a frazzled kind of overwhelmed parent saying, okay, let's cut to 15 years from now. Your child is 20. They are driving home for Thanksgiving and they are on pins and needles so excited to get to see you. And their friend is like, what's your deal? You're so energized. And they ask, what's your parent like? thinking about how do you want your child to answer that in 10, 15 years to describe you, to describe the home they grew up in, that is within every one of us. That's a wisdom of knowing what feels good to be in and what feels yucky. And and we feel that. We just sometimes don't know how to fix it. So, yes, wisdom. Because one person might be like, I want it to be fun and independent. And somebody else is like, I want it to be a nurturing, um, collaborative space. And those are all like legit. It just depends on what you want and what's right for the personalities of the kids in your home. 
So, so a parent may very well have a whole lot of wisdom to give, uh, uh, the right heart, the right, the right uh, attitude toward parenting even perhaps, but they just don't have like the, the, the roadmap, as you put it, to, to get to this, this desired outcome that they have. And, and I love what you said there of picture the future and let's work backward, right? Let's picture the kind of relationship we want to have with our children and then work backward and, 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 and build that plan toward it. Am I, am I kind of on the right page here? You're totally right. And that's why it actually works really nice with in tandem with a therapist, almost like a relay race, because therapy is looking back at what happened in the past, what trauma took place that's now kind of bleeding into the present. And coaching is about where you want to go in the future and what needs to change in the present to get there. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that that uh, apart from crafting our own plan for parenting, we just kind of use what we inherited, what we experienced in our families of origin. You know, e- even if we don't want to, it's kind of our only experience we can work from, right, is, is the home we grew up in. So so how, how do you help a parent who maybe wants to do something different from what they experienced in their own home growing up, yet yet doesn't want to be disrespectful to the, the parents that they have who are still an active participant in their life. Uh, I imagine that that's a, that's a place of tension for some parents. I want to have a, a different relationship with my children than maybe my parents had with me. I want to use some different approaches than my parents used with me. Yet in doing so, I don't want to alienate the parents that I have as I raise my own. Uh, that seems to be a point of tension for some parents, right? Yeah, it, it really is. And in some cases, it can actually sort of paralyze a parent. I, I love what Glennon Doyle says, and it's it's not a it's not going to um, give anybody rosy hearts, but she says, right now you're being required to choose between remaining an obedient daughter or a responsible mother. And sometimes the obedient daughter has to give way to allow for a responsible parent. Sometimes you can't do both. But in the question you asked, before I could assist them in how they want to sort of manage their own parent and honor their own parent, I would ask, like, what do you first want for yourself? Because so often we know what we don't want. Well, I don't want to be made to feel like that, or I don't want to be hit, or I don't want to be yelled at. Okay, but that's not visionary. That's not how a leader moves forward. You have to know what you do want. So sometimes they can't articulate it. And so... For me, if they needed, like, like stop asking me what I want. I don't know what I want. Tell me what I want, which is sometimes how people show up. I would say, let's go for three things. Effective parenting is calm, it's kind, and it's firm. Mm-hmm. And if we can get all three of those things, calm, kind, and firm, you're, you're, 90% of your work is done. And usually one of those is feels almost impossible to us. Maybe I can stay razor calm and I will be firm, but there's no kindness in this, right? Um, I will make sure you do what I said and I bring fear there. So that's not working. Or maybe I'm super calm and super kind, but you walk all over me because I'm not firm. So that's a great place to start if you don't know what positive sort of respectful parenting looks like. But I would love to hear from you. What? How do you honor a parent that, you know, to use like the common vernacular, feels a little toxic, like they're going, wow, don't let him get away with that. And if you if he were my kid and those kind of comments, what does it look like to honor a parent that isn't really growing your own parenting? Well, I think, you know, so we, we start with the idea that this, this whole idea of, of honoring your parent is, for those of us who have a Christian background, um, uh, uh, an essential one because it's, it's tied to these these Ten Commandments 
that uh, that are so central for people with this with this Christian worldview. And so, so it's not an option for us to try and honor our parents if you have a Christian background, um, if you if you if you um, have have faith in, uh, in 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 Jesus. It's something that is given to us as something that's really expected of us to honor your parents. Now. We often, I think we often feel caught because we, we mean that we think that that means only ever praising, um, only ever celebrating, uh, only ever um, kind of leaping, uh, kind of uh, pouring applause upon our parents. But that's but that's only really one side of the honoring equation. Um, I think what it means um, in this context is um, you you show honor to parents. Who are dishonorable in some aspect, but by not by not giving them the opportunity to to live out some of their maybe dysfunctional or dishonorable habits upon you, or to pass them off to your children. Mm-hmm. And so, so, a way in which you honor someone, an aspect of honoring someone, is not allowing them to be their worst self with you or with other people that you care about. And and you actually show them honor by not allowing them to to do that dysfunctional thing anymore, or not allowing yourself to pass on that dysfunctional thing. Now, the tough part with parents is that they they, they might they might not see that as an honoring thing, but 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 that's okay. But that's Jesus okay. is our judge, right? Jesus will decide, and and we're doing right. it to please the Lord, not necessarily to please our parents. Who I like to think of it, and I think it's very similar. It's like. At some point, I'm going to go up to heaven, and my soul is going to meet my mom's soul, and she's going to be like, oh, you honored me so well in the kindness yeah. that you brought to my grandchildren. Even mm-hmm. if I wasn't in a place to give you that, you did the work, you healed, and were able to give it to my children. Thank you for honoring me. That's yeah. how I like to look at it. Do you buy yeah, into that? Yeah, of course. Well, and you know, in the in the grand scheme of eternity, when we all have unveiled faces, right, and we can we can see things clearly, you know, we have to believe that that uh, that our parents and uh, all you know all the people around us will 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 be able to see the the good things and the healthy things and the choices that we've made and 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 celebrate those and respect us for those. But I think this side of eternity, sometimes honoring someone means not allowing their dishonorable aspects of their life to be to be done against you or passed on by you. And so just because you're making different choices that might that might um, uh, that might go against your your family of origin and, and, and what your experience was or might might in some cases be be offensive or bothersome to your parents because it's just so different from what they did with you. It doesn't necessarily mean you're being dishonorable. You're, you're, it doesn't necessarily mean rather that you're dishonoring them. In fact, you could be trying to uphold them and honor them by saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to let this um, this negative thing that you gave to me uh, be passed on by me. Uh, and so that, that's actually, that's actually an honoring thing, I, uh, I, I believe. And so it's about setting up some of those, setting up some of those boundaries. Now, now one of the th- things that parents might get caught in today is as they try to do things differently, they may get confronted by a, a grandparent who doesn't agree with your parenting style. Um, how does it, how does a parent who's doing things differently have a healthy conversation with their parents as their parents interject their opinions and, and thoughts into what you're doing with your kids. Mm. Well, that's fine. Just yesterday I had a grandparent reach out to me for a coaching session and what she wanted to talk about was how she could get her children 
to do better with their kid. And I had to say, let me talk to the, if the parents want to work with me, I'm all for it. But as a grandparent, your responsibility or your job now is to sit back and enjoy and delight in that grandchild. How would I advise somebody to set boundaries with their own parent or to with the grandparents? I would remind them that I think like you've read Boundaries by, is it Henry McLeod? Adam Townsend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Famous book. But what I don't like about that is sometimes it uses the idea of a, a fence makes good neighbors, right? We just put the fence up and they'll be on their side, we'll be on theirs. I don't think it's that way with people that are really intimate with us. I think we set a brick, they walk over it. We set another brick, they walk over it. And we keep establishing our boundaries. And so it's not a one and done conversation. I think just being aware of that, you didn't do something wrong if you um, if you set a boundary with your parent and they still step over it. But I also want to say that we can we can relax a little bit here because our children can have a very different relationship with our parent than we did. They aren't looking for their sense of self from their grandparent the way we were. Um, they're not um, fixated on having their their basic needs met from from that grandparent. So in some ways we can we can we can relax our nervous system just a little bit. Do you know what I mean by that? Like um we can honor that our parent is going to have their own relationship with that child. Now if it feels like it's negative and it and it's um impinging on our our the way that we want to set up our home, then there there may need to be a conversation or there may need to be something that you repeat over and over again. One of my favorite um techniques is green light, red light, and that is Red light, what's not okay, and green light, what is okay, and you just say the same thing every time. So, um, hey, Mom, that's disrespectful talk. Um, you can ask him specifically to get off the couch, and he will. So, oh, hey, Mom, that's disrespectful talk. You can ask him to um, bring his plate into the kitchen, and if he doesn't, I'll help bring it. So you're just naming that thing that's not okay in your home, and the green light is, and here's what is okay. You can ask him directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can't really change somebody else. We can only we can we have to know what our circle of control is versus our circle of concern. We sure wish that they would maybe um, be more positive and gentle and affirming, but we can't make that. We can just make sure that our home is going to be positive, gentle and affirming. Yeah. And and, and just what you articulated there, the, the, the red light, green light scenario, that that is a wonderful example of 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 not only. Um, putting up a, a boundary to help that relationship between you and your children and your children and their grandparent flourish. But it, I, th- I think it was a great example of, of honoring your parent as you parent, because you are, you are helping them be the best version of themselves insofar as you can control it, uh, which is not very much, but you're helping them be the best version of them, of their self. But then also not just putting up that, that red, that, that, that red light that says, don't do this, but you're also empowering them to say, but here, here's what I, I do need you to do. And here's how to be a great grandparent right now in this situation, because that is what I want from you. And, and so that really is honoring of helping them step away from the thing that's not helping the relationship because you want it to be a great relationship, but then also giving them that resource to say, here's how to be the most helpful positive grandparents that, that we can have right now. And so I think you articulate a great example of what it means to, 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 try, to try and live that out. Um, are, are you finding that right now with, with all that's going on in the world with pandemic, that, that parenting is, is more difficult right now than it has been in other seasons for people? Oh, my gosh, yes. There's no breaks. Um, it feels like we've taken on this whole other role of being a teacher and um, keeping 
the education like going at the same rate, which is impossible. And we're all holding down, you know, additional jobs and, oh, it's the most stress that anyone's ever had. And if anyone's listening to this and has somehow not become fatigued with pandemic parenting advice, let me just say the most important job you have right now, the thing that's going to decide whether or not this gets encoded as a time of trauma or just a blip on the radar of their childhood is your connection with that child. So if you maintain a healthy connection with them, even if they fall behind in school, even if their social skills just don't develop the way they should have because they're not with other human beings their age, um, as long as they feel like you enjoy them and you are, you're calm and you're centered and you're okay and you're healthy, it's all going to be fine. The important thing right now is connection with the child. Tell me, what do you mean by that? It's like a choice. Um, I can either control or I can connect. I mean, I can't always have both at the same time. So I can either make sure he gets on that call right now, even though he's telling me he can't do it, you know, the, the Zoom call, or I can connect and find out what's going on with him. And one is we're going to, one is a white knuckling pushing through, and the other is a little bit of releasing and submission to my child's having a soul fever and it makes total sense. The whole world is upside down. I can slow down here and show up for them. So connection, like neurologically, it looks like our eyes are meeting. I'm nodding. There's a slight smile on my face, which is very different than, hey, make sure you you grab that um, coat before we go and get your shirt on. That's not connecting. Um, and so it does require slowing down. But the most effective discipline starts with self-regulation of the parent. So I can give you all kinds of tips, but if you are completely stressed out, not caring for yourself and telling yourself how awful you are, none of the techniques will work because the energy you're bringing to it is scary and um, not healthy. Well, you, 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 meant, you mentioned the word, you mentioned the word discipline. Um, what are uh, a couple of, of, of positive discipline techniques? You, you talked about connection. Uh, what, else could, what else could you say about just positive discipline techniques? Because it's something that's so tough for all parents. I got a bunch of them, but I, I do just want to underscore that what is discipline? It's teaching. So people will say, give me some discipline. And what they really want is like, tell me some consequences. Or how, how long should a timeout be? I don't really get into all that because discipline is thinking about what's the behavior I want to teach and teaching it. So a couple tips on that is identify what you want, not what you don't want. A lot of us are saying, oh, don't touch my sofa with those dirty hands. And we're actually creating an image in the child's mind of them touching our sofa with their dirty hands. And we gave it to them. So pause for a moment and decide what you want. Oh, put those hands straight up and follow me here to the sink. We're going to wash them. There I told you what I wanted instead of what I don't want. Um, instead of, don't you run across this pool? It's, well, walk. Walk slowly. So it's saying what you want, not what you don't want. That's one positive. Another is the do-over. Leave your child, like, sparkling for you. Don't end on, how dare you? Why'd you do that? Don't do it again. Have them come and do it again. And that even re relates to, like, safety stuff that people usually say, well, that's what I reserve spanking for. If a child runs across the street, you go get the child, even though they're excited to get to school, it's inconvenient, but you go get that child, you come back and you say, let's try that again. How do we cross the street? And they look both ways and you cross and you go, that's my boy. You are great at crossing the street. We did a do-over. And there you end. I'll never forget my kid was 
my youngest, who's now 14, was 10 at the time, and we went into Chipotle, and he was so excited to eat after we ran through, door opens, almost slammed on my face, so I just stood outside of Chipotle like a crazy person. He stood in line until he got up to the front, started ordering, and realized the money wasn't around, right? And he comes out, and he's like, Mom, and I said, oh, I'm waiting for my son to hold the door for me. And he opened it up, and I ignored the attitude. That's not what I was teaching right now. He opened it up and held it, and I walked in like a queen and said, thank you. It is good to have a son. We, he never didn't open the door for me again because he kind of knew we're going to do it anyway. So let's do it right the first time. But also, let's leave you feeling elated and respected rather than deflated and put down. Yeah. Yeah. So those two, that's identify what you want and practice the do-over. That's fantastic. I'm, as, as a parent of a 15-year-old and a six-year-old, I am, I'm on the side of the call of this conversation, just taking some notes. Those are really, really helpful. Um, we've got just a couple minutes left. Um, and, and with that time, I, w- I want to focus on something that I think a lot of parents struggle with, at the very least, you know, me at times as a parent. Uh, and that's the, just the notion of guilt. There is uh, oftentimes a, a feeling of guilt that comes with parenting as you as you take stock of all the things that are not going well or all the times you feel like you messed it up as a parent or you look at the struggles of your child and you say, well, if I'd done better, maybe they wouldn't have wrestled with this or struggled with that. Or you look at the, uh, say, we've talked a lot about the relationship between yourself and, and your parents, their grandparents, and you think, well, that's, that's kind of a mess or that's problematic or dysfunctional. And the, the end result of it is a whole lot of guilt that parents walk around with. Uh, what's your word to guilt-ridden parents? Mm, well, first off, Who's doing the talking? Because that's not what God's saying, right? So does God condemn you? Does God want you to know over and over again how you're not enough and you're not doing it right? That's just not, that's not a, that's not God's voice. So, and I'm, I'm not even going to go so far as to say it's a satanic voice. I'm going to say it's your old programming. It's your self-talk that is outdated and doesn't work anymore. And it's usually, it reminds me of that horror movie. I don't know if you, if you're old enough to have seen it where, the lady says, um, hey, operator, can you, 911, there's, somebody keeps calling me and, I, and I'm getting scared. And they said, well, you should be scared because the call's coming from inside the house. Get out of there. And a lot of times that guilt is coming from our, our, ourselves. We're saying it. Same with judgment when you feel like other people are judging you. So it's about stopping yourself and hearing the voice that says you didn't do a good job. You're screwing this up. And like, is that helpful? It's kind of like, no, thank you. Let me choose what the Holy Spirit would tell me, which is every day the sun, you know, rises again and it's a fresh new dawn and you get to choose who you want to be and start over again. But really notice what what is that inner critic saying and choose a more um, sage reaction and voice. Even if you have to write out something like I am a masterpiece of God, I am enough, me showing up is enough. And rewire some of those synapses that kind of have a groove of, oh, I'm really screwing this up. It's not helpful. I get it. It's automatic. But um, we have to sort of rewire our brains. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate the idea of recognizing the story we're telling ourselves that's, that's making us feel like we're, we're covered with guilt and shame. And for people of faith to, to tell ourselves the story of God, which is that we are chosen, loved, forgiven, redeemed, and able to, and, and, and able to live the life that God's called us to live with, with purpose and beauty 
What song is that? You are chosen, not forsaken. I am who he said yes. I am. Yeah. That, listen to that song. If you're feeling like, oh, I'm screwing up this parenting, turn that on full blast and receive what God really says about you. Mary Van Geffen, where can people learn more about uh, the work that you do and the resources that you have? Well, they can come on to Instagram if they're into that, and I'm giving a, a free parenting tip every day, a new tip, or they can go to simplicityparentingwithmary.com. And anyone who hears the sound of my voice is welcome to a free 30-minute coaching session. And I don't sell you on anything. We literally just get to work on one thing you want to find more peace at, a skill you want to learn, a situation that just feels yucky in your house or maybe a dislike for a child that's just too spicy for you right now. So um, reach out to me, and I would love to help you. Mary Van Geffen, thank you for being on the show. I look forward to more conversations with you uh, about parenting and, uh, and, uh, and, and anything else that the Lord puts on the, uh, on the docket for us. Thanks so much for being on the program. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening. We hope you join us this week, same time, same station. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.